Hello, welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClurg. And today on The Purpose, we'll be looking at Matthew, the 21st chapter. We'll be looking at verses 33 through 46. And what that is, is a parable that Jesus tells that's related to a, uh, a vineyard and the tenants who are leasing the vineyard from, from the owner. And you may remember the story, the landowner, he plants a vineyard, puts fence around it, digs a wine press, puts up a watchtower, leases it, goes away. Harvest comes, he sends people to go get you know, his part of the produce, and the tenants kill his, kill, kill his messengers. Uh, again, he sends more than the first the second time, and they kill those too. And so then he decides, I'll send my son. They He sends the son, and they kill him because they felt like, well, if we kill the heir, well, we'll get his inheritance. And so the uh, when the owner comes, Jesus says, he'll put all of the tenants out. He'll put them to death. It'll be horrible. And he'll lease it to other tenants who will give him his cut of the produce at harvest. And he's saying all this to the uh to the chief priest and the elders of the temple and he then says i mean it gets harsh at the end because at the at the end he tell he says therefore i tell you the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and will be given to people that produce fruit yeah that's really not a good sign when when jesus determines that um, you, you no longer get to have the franchise of being a part of the kingdom of God. And right. Sort of takes it away. And it's a long series of of, uh, of parables that he tells uh, aimed at this group. He, he's, he's made it to the temple. We're, we're kind of getting closer toward the crucifixion and all of the things that we would kind of do it, study at Holy Week. And while he's there, uh, they start questioning his authority. And, and Jesus tells the parable of, of the he curses the fig tree, and and then he um, uh, he talks about two sons: one that does what the master wants, and, and the other one that says he won't, but then ultimately, or excuse me, one that one that says he wouldn't do it, but then does it, and the other one who kind of like Eddie Haskell and leave it to Beaver says, "Oh yeah, I'll do it," and then just goes off and and, and does his own thing. So you've got this series of of parables. Where Jesus is looking at the religious leader and saying, "Yeah, we're about to get some new management. Uh, things are about to change here." Yeah, I mean, it's the interesting pieces where all these do take place. I mean, this is all post Palm Sunday. Uh, all these are happening on Sunday night and Monday of Palm of, of Holy Week, and time's running out, and Jesus isn't pulling any punches. I mean, he's being as bold as he can be with the chief priests and the elders of the temple, and he's letting them know, you've had a lot of time to be faithful, and yet you really haven't lived up to that. Um, and so in this parable, when he talks about that the man, the owner uh, plants a vineyard and puts up a fence and, and does all of these things, um, he's giving them illustrations that talk about, look, you were you were the leaders of the people of Israel. You were the leaders of the Jewish faith, and you haven't quite done what you should have done. Um, John Wesley, when he was trying to explain this parable, he said, "Well, you know, the fence around the vineyard." He said that was the law that Moses gave that the Jewish people followed, 
and then the digging of the the wine press well that was jerusalem where where the the harvest would come in and and where everything sort of flowed and became what it should be at the temple and and then the tower well that was the temple um and so all of that was an image of what he's talking about in the story is an image of 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 israel and and the israelite people have long thought of themselves as a vineyard or as the grapevine you know they are the vine and the fruit of god um which is which is really really powerful um even over the temple the doors of the temple there was a relief carved into the doors that was a the image of a grapevine and the fruit of the grapevine on the grapevine so i mean this image of a of a vineyard and all it's so deeply rooted and imagine jesus is standing at the temple where they would often especially before high holy days like passover uh, they would gild that grapevine relief on the temple so that if any light hit it the light shining off that reminding people that uh, that they are that they are the people of god's vineyard and and so jesus is standing at the temple in Jerusalem, which is the, according to Wesley, is the is the wine press. It's where all the it's where the goodness is made, and all of that. And he's standing there looking at the Jewish leaders, saying, "You have been given all of this, everything, and you've killed the prophets that have come to you, and and you've not listened when God has tried to call you back, and and you fought against God, and and now you're you're not really doing what God wants you to do even now, and they didn't understand it, but they were about to kill the son, just like in the parable, the the owner sends his son in. Well, they're about to kill the son, and Jesus knows that they don't understand it. But he knows that even that part of the parable is about to become reality. Yeah, when you you look back at the the total um, picture of God attempting to bring salvation to humanity, I mean, you go all the way back to Genesis in the fall, and what what came out of that was was an attempt to sort of get things going down the road, and then he, he comes up with a plan with Noah to say, "Well, I'll save the world." But I'm going to save it by just getting this one righteous person uh, and his family. And it turns out you know, his family wasn't quite as righteous. Noah mm-hmm. was. And so uh, – but it was an attempt to save uh, to save humanity from itself. So so then he goes to the people of Israel. They become God's light to the world. And you know, so much of the Old Testament talks about, uh, you know, behold, his light has come. And uh, Isaiah 5 mentions very similar imagery – and they, uh, he's the writer of of Isaiah is 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 sharing how f- frustrating it is that God had done all this for them and yet they were not producing good fruit. And, and what are you supposed to do? I've given you all the options, all the tools you need, but you're not giving good fruit. So in that parable, he he's going to take it away. Here in in Matthew, it's not so much take it away, but give it to somebody else. But you look back through history, and God has tried and tried to help humanity experience salvation, but so often humanity has has thwarted what God was doing. So, with the prophets, they killed them, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that were supposed to be bringing the hope. Uh, and Jesus 
and, and really you, you could probably argue that those earlier uh, people coming to collect uh, the, the money for the the renting uh, of the uh, of the property were the profits and they didn't they didn't respect them I think the surprising thing is why would the landholder landowner God send his only son to collect rent when he knew it was going to be a mess yeah that's the piece that is kind of surprising in that it is it is that he actually sends his own son in um, but there is you know that that's part of the the act of God of in the you know, the act of God in the salvation of the world that he sends his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish all of, you know that we read in John and I mean if we if we operated off of human sense and human you know, the way humans think we would say track record shows don't send your son <laughs> yeah. it's a messed up situation um you don't send the, the heir yeah uh, not, you only got one, one son yeah, one. don't send don't do the that. one um but fortunately god doesn't operate off of off of human mindset and human way of thinking um and operates with this with this grace and mercy and um and hope for us and so he is willing to send the son even though even though for his son just like the son in the story they kill him and that's that's hard and you know this whole story i think in in the 25th chapter of matthew's gospel beginning in verse 14 you get jesus still moving closer and closer to the last supper and and his arrest and uh the the trial and his crucifixion moving closer to that in the 25th chapter that's when he does tell the parable of the talents where again, a landowner, the owner's going away. Mm. And this time he doesn't build a vineyard. This time he takes talents. He gives 10 talents to one person and five to another and one to another. And, and the one with 10, he earns a hundredfold. And the one with five, he earns, he earns like 50 fold. And, and the one that got the one talent, he took it and buried it in the dirt. <laughs> and he, when the owner comes back, he gives him that dirty little talent back. And has nothing to show for it. Nothing. And the owner takes away his dirty little talent and gives it to the one who had a hundred, who came back a hundredfold richer. And, you know, the idea of, okay, we've you've you've lived in this vineyard all all these years. You, as the chief priest and the elders, you've known about God. You've known about the Messiah. You've known about the faith. You've known about the importance of being in a relationship with God. What have you done with that? Did you make it a, a hundredfold, and so you produce all this amazing fruit for God? Or when he comes back, do, do you not really give him anything? And instead, you even turn on him because he, because he asks you, for something because he asks you what have you done with what i've given you um it's a you know it, it's really jesus seems to be at the point of of showing the world that or showing the 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 leaders of the temple and then his disciples and then the world even us that there is something expected out of us as people of faith 
that it's not just living in the vineyard and knowing what we're supposed to do. We actually have to do it. Yeah, I think these kind of stories, they speak to me, I guess, as a pastor and and then also, though, as a leader of a church or churches where God has given us a certain amount of, 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 of opportunities, of wealth, of um, time, of people and, and lay energy, and, and God has given pastors and other people gifts to be used. And I don't want to be the one <laughs> who – the fund manager <laughs> who got 0% return. You know, I, I, I think – and I don't want to be the – I don't want to be a pastor at a church where there's a zero percent return, where it exists for its own sake, and and has no sense of, as you talked about in the temple, seeing that that guild light up to remind you we are the we are the light of the world. We are, we are called to be and reflect that light of Jesus, uh, and I just don't want to look be there that day when God says, you know, gave you a good opportunity. But you really you just buried it in the ground. You you never gave me any kind of return for what I've given to you. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the hard part is to think, you know, if we are the tenants in the if we're the current tenants on in the vineyard and we've not just as pastors, but every Christian, if we're the tenants in the vineyard and we're that's our job is to bear fruit and to raise fruit for for God. Are we doing that? Or are we raising are we using all of our energy raising fruit selfishly that is just for us? And we're not worried about we're not worried about God. We're not thinking about God. Yeah, I think this parable every time I read it makes me pause and think. Am I am I am I doing all that I should be doing with my life to bear fruit for God? Am I am I too self-centered in what I do? Am I too self-focused and and are are my dreams and my wants uh, very much ego-driven, or am I asking God how do you how 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 can I bear fruit for you, and how can I um, and then how can I give you that fruit in my from my life? How can I share that? Share that with others. Um, share that with the church. Share that with, with my family. Share that with friends. How do I share that with others, what God has blessed me with? Or do I, do I just kill any idea of doing that? I have on my desk, which most everyone would say is, is messy. But if you look on my desk, I have... Uh, a wise man that is a part of the set, one of the creatures uh, uh, that we have at, at home that I leave on my desk all the time. And it's because I, I read a sermon once uh, that that said the, the, the priest that had written the sermon said he did it. And he, he said, every time I look at it, I ask myself this question. What gifts has God given to me that I need to give to the Christ child. And we often forget that step in life that God has given us gifts, but it's not for us. 
it's it's for what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And so that reminds me, every time I see it, it becomes kind of a reminder. Yeah, you you need to not be selfish with with what you do, but how can you do the most for the kingdom right now? And what gifts have God has God given you that you've been you probably haven't recognized that God could use those gifts. But what if you were to use them? What what would it look like? Yeah, it's a to realize that even if we even if we live for a very long time we're still tenants in the vineyard yeah the the kingdom of god existed before we came onto this earth and it'll exist after we leave this earth and so our job is to see what we can do and how we can bear fruit for God in whatever amount of time God has given us in this world, whatever amount of time we have in this world, with whatever gifts God has placed in our life. And so maybe today we ask ourselves, what are the gifts that I've been given, and how am I using those to bear fruit for God? What gifts am I bringing? What, what gifts am I daily bringing the Christ Child by my life, by what my actions? Um, how am I reflecting that I know? I know that God has blessed me with this amazing vineyard. Uh, going back to that, par- going back to the parable, this amazing vineyard to live in, this amazing world, these amazing opportunities that are there that I didn't build. I didn't, you know, there is as much as I want to say that I earned them, I didn't. Uh, there is much of a gift from God as anything. How how am I reflecting that into the world, or do I live selfishly? Do I live egotistically? Uh, am I am I hoarding the resources for myself and not sharing, even back with God? So. What can we do today? What can we do this week to share the fruit of our life with someone else? I think if we do that, then that helps each of us to find our purpose in this world. Yeah, and and finding that purpose is really the most important thing that we can be about, uh, which is why we named it the Purpose Podcast. Uh, when we don't seek that purpose, when we don't ask the hard questions about about what God has given me, then we can really never achieve the greatest uh, joy that we would find in life. And our goal is for you to find that joy. So I hope that you will spend some time thinking about this, thinking about the fruit of your life. How do you bear fruit in your life and how do you share that with others? How are you realizing that you're just a tenant in the in the vineyard? And how are you grateful for God to God for that opportunity and rather than taking it for granted? And and I also hope you'll join us next week as we continue with our next episode of The Purpose.